welcome to Ergo on WHBK 88.5 and WHBK.org. I am Daniel Kisslinger. What up, what up? It's your boy Damon. We are back in the building. How's everybody doing in this world? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Had a uh, flooded basement situation with that rain, but I worked through it. You know, it made me, it was one of those like, uh, am I actually an adult moment? Like, can I handle this? It made you stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I I overcame some adversity there. Oh man, I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. How about you? How you doing? I'm all good, man. I'm just living life, getting ready uh, to go to the police station today. That always excites me. Uh, (laughs) We got the Say Your Name action in honor of Rakia Boy happening today at 7. Uh, so besides that, I'm just happy to be here and happy to have our very, very special guest, a friend of mine, someone I look up to, someone I always appreciate seeing in this world. I'm glad to have him here with us at the WHBK home, Mr. R.J. Eldridge. What's up? What's up? I'm so glad to be here. Great to be here with you, Dane and Daniel and this great, amazing show at the University of Chicago. <laughs> we should be filming this, man. You're like extra flesh, fresh right now with the all black and the, the jacket. I Same, see you're, you're extra fresh. And I, I think that not. you were just drawing attention to my freshness so that I would draw attention to yours. <laughs> no, All no, of his buttons all. are buttoned up. So come to the, <laughs> please come to the police station at seven and see Dan and hear him and, you know, fall in love like everyone does when this man speaks. And see how fly RJ looks. That's, that's like the, the added perk. Right. You, you, now you got to go. I do have to go. Yeah, I didn't actually, I have to uh, pick up some, some work, but I will try to be there. At least let Instagram see your outfit. That's all I ask. Instagram does not need to see. I'm behind the camera. I'm not really interested in being in front of it today, but I will photograph you. All right, word, word. Add some nice, fo- add some nice <laughs> words to it. So well, let's talk know. a little bit about, about all the things that you do. I think there are too many slashes for me to even keep up with <laughs> in terms of skills and talents and, and, and art forms that you pursue. So right. you are a photographer, a poet, a teacher. Uh, a visual artist. I know you, you paint. Uh, yes. You consider yourself a vocalist. I know you play guitar. You yes. play saxophone. Okay. Do you are you like a chess expert? Am I missing anything? I do, do like do to you, play chess actually, but I am not an expert. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who's a really dope chess player, and he beats me all the time. Or he would if I played against him, but he's she like he was almost a master. Oh, okay. So uh, no, I just feel like I'm I'm a creative, and uh, I ask questions. And whatever form those questions take, whether they be language or visual, um, or whatever form those creations take, whether they be language or visual or otherwise, I just try to go with the same kind of spirit regardless. So That label of a creative that you're comfortable, it seems like you're comfortable with that. Yes. When did you like first, basically like we were talking at some point off air a couple of weeks ago about like, what do you call yourself when someone's like, what do you do? Or, How did you come to that term? Like, when did you become comfortable with that term? Uh, I'm still becoming comfortable with it, but I think that I've always been in some ways aware that that was the most accurate way of describing what I felt like I did and who I was. Um, so, I mean, I've been a creative person. I've been a questioning and thinking person all the time. And I think that being curious and creative go hand in hand. So I just try to follow my curiosities into creation. But as far as the term is concerned, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's an accurate, I'm always concerned with accuracy. I feel like it's an accurate word to describe what I do without having to use any slashes. Mm. So let's, uh, let's, let's take it back. Um, where's, uh, where's, where's the original hometown? I was born in Johnson City, New York, which is right outside of Binghamton. Um, and I lived most of my life in the South. So I've lived in Alabama and Georgia. I lived in Florida for about 13 years before I moved to Chicago uh, a few years ago. 
that's exciting uh, because you are actually, I think, our first guest who was not a born Chicago native. Word. So you're the like the first ergo participant that can bring in some sort of like outside perspective. You also probably have the most years on you. Yes, I'm like 85 like, years old. You are not 85. I, years uh, old. <laughs> I am, and I and I was involved in the Great Migration. <laughs> That's why I'm in Chicago right now because I came from the south to the north, <laughs> fleeing the KKK. You you loaded up your Model T and you made your trip up here. I did. Hitchhiker uh, train. Rode, yes, exactly. Saw, saw a the jet. colored the colored car on the train. A couple jet Ebony posts in the yes. magazines down yes. south. Yes. <laughs> Um, so you, you mentioned all those spots in the South. So where, where would you like now, if you're not here and you're thinking about where home is, yeah. where, where do you call that? Home is wherever my people are. And my people are anybody who's like me in some ways, curious, has a spirit, wants to learn, wants to grow. And I feel like wherever, wherever that is, um, that's where my work belongs and that's where I belong and that's where my heart is and that's where my home is. Mm. So where were you first in between all those spots, you know, seeing examples of art or specifically black art that stuck with you and kind of shaped the way you think about what you make? Thank you for that question. Um, I don't know. I grew up in a family of creative folks. Um, you know, my aunt and uncle, when I was, who are my godparents, when I was, um, you know, four or five years old, I would spend a lot of time at their house in South Carolina. We would go to the festivals. They sing they dance, they tell stories, and I would see all the other creatives doing work that related directly to, you know, black history and black creative output. Um, and so, you know, I got a chance to see them um, make work. I got a chance to see them outside of the professional capacity and where the creative kind of urge develops over time. And, you know, it was fortunate enough for them to get um, a television show in the mid 90s for a time. Ooh, talk so, about what was the what was the show? <laughs> the show yeah. uh it's it was called gullah gullah island what <laughs> yes hold up go back go back <laughs> go, go back, go back. <laughs> whoa that's you just dropped the bomb on what? us that's yeah. the, you are yeah. connected to gullah gullah island man that was like my i wish i could curse so bad that was my favorite <laughs> joint growing up when i was like three four or five years yeah old. so it was like the first show on like national television that featured a, a black family specifically right? for children um, and so, I mean, it was really inspiring to see, to know them before that, to know the kind of work they did before that and to see a form of fruition, you know, for them to have a yeah. show on Nickelodeon for that time. So it was very inspiring, but they were just, you know, I think they were central, but I, you know, as I was talking to you, Daniel, you know, my, my uncle was a radio DJ. And so for a long time, I got a chance to hear a lot of the music um, that was contemporary in the early nineties, late eighties when I was just a, you know, baby essentially. So I got to go back though to the, yes. to the TV Gullah. show. Real quick. Okay, word. Yes. Do you know, it's crazy. Just, you just, can't just move past it. <laughs> Do you know the story at this point of like how the show came together? Like what the process was of getting that on TV? Like any of the like backstory on that? Well, my aunt and uncle used to perform all the time. They would go around to different places. You know, like we're part of communities with performers all the time. So we see people who do work. Um, it's kind of the theater based, you know, it was a uh, theatrical. They would tell stories. They would sing Negro spirituals. They created at the time it was tapes, records. Um, and I think that at a performance, a producer uh, discovered them. And from that point, it just kind of moved quickly as these things tend to do. Like Columbus discovered America. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> word, word. It was a, uh, she was a great producer. I met her a couple of times when I was a child. And my, and you know, my uncle had a lot of positive things to say about um, her 
but you know i have another uncle in show business right now as well man give us the family (laughs) the 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 showbiz family tree so uh he's he's uh he's a singer he's part of a group um called naturally seven that are not they're not like really big in america but they're like big in like europe and like you know eastern europe and like Mm -hmm. thailand and stuff so what kind of what kind of music (laughs) Like R&B? Uh, I just assume based off your outfit because you look like an R&B singer. Thank you. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I, it's hard to say. They, they're acapella, so they're naturally seven. So it's like seven guys and they use no instruments. They use only their voices. Mm. And so they just perform. But yeah, it's kind of like pop, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with all these artists around um, and moving between these spaces, like... You know, usually we ask, like, how did you start? If we're talking to a rapper, how did you start rapping? Right. If we're talking to a painter, how, do, how did you start painting? With you, you know, with all those yeah. different um, media, basically, like, which medium came to you most naturally and which are you most excited about or most at home in now? Uh, asking questions is, like, the first and truest thing uh, about me. And so that led me, I don't know, you know, when you're a kid, you don't draw lines necessarily between things. So if you're in a family that sings all the time, performs and writes plays to, you know, off Bible stories for the family, then you're writing, you're performing, you're singing. Um, Plato, obviously, so there's like sculpture. I always wanted to be an artist. I loved Vincent Van Gogh. I mean, I don't know how I came across this. I was just a child, but I always wanted to depict things. So I would first have my father just like draw things for me when I was like three, four. And then I just wanted to learn how to do that myself. So you know, I entered this uh, art contest when I was five years old um, of drawing. You have to draw a clown and I won. And so I got um, tickets for my family to the circus. And so I think that was like one of the first things that was like, wow, you can like get like, some folks were art. eating off. This. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly eating, but yes, I got a chance to go to the circus, which is really creepy, but also really which interesting. Circus? Was it I don't know. Circus I don't know. Or, no, this is something in the type. real South. This is Tuskegee, oh. Alabama. This is like some oh, Booker like T. Washington stuff. Circus. That just makes yes. me like inherently so uncomfortable, <laughs> the idea of like the circus there. Yes, it was. Uh, like there's like a bunch of missing intriguing. limbs around and stuff like that. I think there may have been an elephant. Um, that poor elephant. Yes, there were definitely clouds. Carnival workers. Oh, Sorry, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience um, that I can recall. What did your clown look like? Uh, Do you remember? No, I don't actually. It's something. But you know, they used to have these commercials on TV um to where it's like art instruction schools i don't know if you guys remember these commercials but i I remember i was too young to i was i begged my mother to like because i really wanted to go to art school when i was like before i was in regular school i was like i want to go to art school and so i sent the stuff in and they actually responded they were like this isn't bad you had to draw a clown for that too for whatever reason um i don't know what the 80s were like really like obsessed with clowns but (laughs) i i i did it and they responded back and they were just like well this is okay, but he has to wait till he's 14 to like apply for these schools. So like, you cannot walk yet. You cannot yes. come to our school. It's not acceptable. Yeah. So, so what was your education experience like? If you wanted to go to art school, did you end up in a non art school? Did you, oh, yeah. where, where, where were you going to high school? What'd you do right coming out of that? Yeah. So I went to high school in Florida in Tampa, Florida, definitely not an art school. Uh, one of those like really big schools, 
um, kind of like you might find on the Disney Channel um, or whatever that show is that Drake used to be in when he oh, was Degrassi. in the Degrassi. <laughs> it's kind of like that a little bit. Um, a lot of people and a lot of drama. Uh, but as far as creative output, by that point, I was doing most of the stuff just like I really learned in a place like that to just like be self-sufficient as a creative. So I was always at the library. I was always looking for ways to involve myself. I did like um, computer programming in this defunct computer language called QBasic. Wow. But it was great because you could like make these little things that were at least fun to me at the time. I don't know. It's like a kid playing with sticks or something. I don't know. So indulge me in this metaphor. Drake is to Canada as you are to Florida. Um, I disagree. All right. I just thought I'd put it out there. I just wanted to see what would happen. Florida doesn't claim me like Canada claims uh, Drake. Um, That's true. Some places in Florida do. You're not Tampa courtside does. at the heat game being no, with a I, lint roller. Exactly. Being or even the magic. Man, I don't even need the heat. You know, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Can I be? Can I sit at the side of a Jacksonville Jaguars? You would be game? the only person at the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> game. I don't have enough money to be compared to Drake in any way, actually. Fair enough. Give so, it a couple of years. We yeah. got you. This, I'm telling you, this show. It's over from here. Is this like the, what used to be the Colbert bump? <laughs> yeah, we're, like, we're, we're rap game Johnny Carson out here. <laughs> right, right. So I actually met you when you were like first coming to the city. You were yes. like fresh off the boat, so yes. to speak. And like you didn't really know where you were going or anything. Right. And I picked you up um, and we came and kicked it at my sister's house. Yes. It was you, me, another artist named Relique Brashard, formerly yes. known as Brooke <laughs> Young. And y'all actually like are what inspired me that night the day right. i met you to like start becoming an artist that's why i'm that happy to have heavy. you here thank and, like, you man your live performance of like was it how to love or something or not not how to love uh something you was a life love, love song yeah it was a life yeah. love song you like just yeah. played it acoustic like me and all my homies were tripping out <laughs> um, and, and that experience has like shaped me a lot right and so i just want to know that was about four or five years ago yeah. you had i think short hair at the time yes now you are, are natural and free yes uh and i just want to know like what's been what's been that journey like of coming to a new city and kind of yeah establishing your foothold or making a place how has that been where are you now um so you know my first time in chicago uh it was 2008 it was a december and it was ridiculously cold um and terrible and i was just getting started basically as a like poet that performed on the national stage or whatever you were just visiting or you would i was visiting it was my first time doing features so i did um mental graffiti real talk green mill yca mm -hmm. um and it just, I fell in love. And so when I came here, when I was just getting started, like having moved here after I finished grad school in Florida, it was like, I felt like my destiny and the city's destiny were tied up in one another. And I guess in the years since then, that's been in some ways, I feel like confirmed in many ways. I feel a sense of responsibility specifically over the young people I come across in the city. You know, I taught full-time um 11th grade for a year here in uh in inglewood and What's since cool? johnson college prep was okay. i don't know if i'm allowed to say that you know it's a corporate entity but um <laughs> i uh sorry about that it was we put the little trademark logo up in the air if you didn't see it. a little c with the circle around it it's yeah okay. and so in the years since you know with yca i've also uh, been in inglewood and worked with a lot of the high school um students out there but i don't know education has been one of the central charges of my life. And what, you, what would you go to grad school for? 
And also, how old are you? You finished yes, grad school before I'm you came here? 85 into... years old, I no, told no, you. But, okay, you don't have to actually tell us your age, but like roughly, like which presidential administration were you born during? Uh, Basically, are you a Gerald Reagan Ford, baby? I think. <laughs> I'm a millennial, but I'm like, I'm the older end of millennials. Which millennium? Jeez. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> actually, no, it's true. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, I so... am very, I'm, 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 I'm kind of timeless in that way, but... Uh, <laughs> What were you asking? What was the first question? Master's degree. <laughs> what did I get my degree yeah, in? Yeah. Um, my master's was in Africana studies and I focused on um, literature and theory of the diaspora and did a lot of work around identity. And uh, my, my thesis was actually on like spoken word poetry and this theoretical foundation um, that was by this uh, Jamaican theorist by the name of Sylvia Winter. Um, that's neither here nor there. We're not going to get too academic, right? Nah, oh, yeah. Okay. I told him before we went on, I thought about um, instituting a quota for the amount of four syllable or more words we're allowed to say in a show. I think like this week would be really, really tough for that just because RJ and just I, I know where we're going to go quiet. with this. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's just something to think about for the future. We'll, we'll word, talk about word. it off there. Yeah. I can stick to two syllables. I was born in 1984, which is like very Orwellian and uh, it's amazing. And my birthday is tomorrow. What? Oh, yes. what's the plans? Like, are we kicking it? Can I come? Uh, Am I too young? I have plans with London in the evening, okay. but okay. in the morning time, we'll are, figure something are out. Are you doing people-based things? Like, yes. for the weekend, maybe Saturday. What, what, like, what's? Well, Saturday. That. Thank you. Uh, there's a show opening up, so I'm gonna have some visual work and a performance Saturday at this place. Uh, this exhibition called Corner Stores, which is curated by Amada Betty Martin. And that will be at the Carlos and Rodriguez Gallery this Saturday evening, starting at around seven o'clock. It's also a food drive, so it's a co-op and a, you know, exhibition to quote unquote feed the people, which is not just like in quotes. That's true. We true. do want to feed people. Where, where? Did Did you say the address? Uh, I don't know the address. Don't know I'm the sorry, address. but it's a Carlos and uh, Dominguez. Look, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Uh, at RJ <laughs> underscore EL. I promise I will tweet about it. Where we might even look it up for a second Word. and get back Thank to y'all. Yes, on Carlos where the, and Dominguez. That's what the show's going to be. We're going to take a little quick break. You were talking a little bit about how you work at YCA and how yeah. that place develops young talent. I think we have a great example of this uh, coming up with Ace Da Vinci. God bless. 88.5 WHPK. Look, waking up in my city. Every day is not promised. Niggas say they want honey. They ain't keeping it honest. But I ain't too far different I got a lot of things on my conscience Got a lot of weight on my shoulders And got a lot of cash in my pockets I got a dad who needs a new crib I got a bill that needs to get paid I got cops who want me locked up I got kings around where I stay And when I fight it's hard to make peace And when I'm stressed it's hard to make beats But every artist has an outlet So I smoke so much I forget But I remember when I was living in my own world Not with a friend I was by myself, I wasn't popular I was too shy, a new guy Maybe if I talk I'd be cool. Maybe if I broke every rule, what if I, what if I, what if I got me a cool smart mouth in the house, homeboy with a do, bop. <laughs> every single motherfucking day I find a reason to give up, but I don't though. I got shit to do, and the whole life I gotta live up. Share love, keep it positive to the whole world, play my shit. I don't know if you pray or how you pray, but when I pray it's like this. I say God bless the people I love. God bless my mother, God bless my father, God bless the people I love. I know when I die that I'm still alive, so God bless the ones who look up to me and have faith in me and put trust in me. And God bless the people before me, God bless the light in the morning, God bless.
mother, God bless my father, God bless the people I love. I know when I die that I'm still alive, so God bless the ones who look up to me and have faith in me and put trust in me. And God bless the people before me, God bless the light in the morning, God bless. Ace Da Vinci with God Bless. Uh, one quick side note for aspiring MCs out there, or just people in general. I know, RJ, you have the underscore. Avoid the underscore at all costs, guys. It's And Damon, actually, you do as well. You have the underscore in the Twitter name. It's it's a necessary thing if you're trying to, like, make a distinct separation, you know? Uh, mine is because AF is stands for something, so I want that to sit by itself. So you I put it between. Damon F? Yeah, yeah I, w- I want people to read it the way I'm saying it. So sometimes it's it's the only way you can make a pause. But I get what you're saying. It's uh, just impossible. It takes two fingers. Mm. Yeah, life is hard sometimes. Yes, know? it's a challenge. Yeah. So that was Ace Da Vinci. Uh, sorry, FCC, but not sorry. You know we want that beef. Uh, <laughs> but yes, sorry, WHBK. It won't happen again, I promise. No, it was an accident. We thought we listened to it. Uh, but you were supposed to be on... on, on For the- all those... You know, for a song about God, there's a lot of curse words. There was in there. a lot of. <laughs> I feel like it balances out. I it does like balance out. I think it's part of we life. We get out of trouble for that. As Charlemagne the like, God says, you have to balance the righteous and the ratchet. We're not going to quote him no. anymore after this. <laughs> after this it's point. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Anyway, go on. This, the, yeah, but you, we got beef. He he was supposed to have you on the no, mixtape. We don't we, have no beef. What you I mean? I love you, that dude. You just said I genuinely love Ace DaVinci. That he played you. Wow, you playing games? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was, it was actually completely completely my fault. I did not show up to the studio, but I was just saying I love Ace DaVinci. I love what he's doing. He's been doing strong work since the first time I saw him. He and like so many other people that are young doing work in the city right now, it's pretty amazing. One might even call it a kind of renaissance. I'm glad you said that. That was we didn't even plan this, but that was actually my next question because I think one, you yourself as an entity or as a creative, kind of embody renaissance in like the traditional like, you know, Harlem. Or aspect of it um and like Florence, take that take that take that <laughs> of it as well. yes, thank but you. but also the the, the, the old one uh <laughs> but i've heard you it was a video i think you do an interview with adam Gottlieb. yes um describe what's happening here in a way that i haven't heard other people articulate so if you want to kind of explain especially since you have somewhat of a insider outsider position um how you feel what's happening with this so-called chicago renaissance and why that is a even valid So, you know, Chicago is a big city and it is the center of so much energy um, and has been always. But certainly if you think about the convergence of like political history with performative history and mass media history with us living in a time of massive change, they're just being it just seems like there's just a, such a concentration of genius in this city and young genius and, and young black genius. Um, and it's pretty obvious. It's palpable. You know, we do work here. Um, but I like the questions that people are asking. Um, I like the kinds of work that people are doing, the way that they're pushing boundaries, um, whether that be in genres of, of performative arts and music or in, um, you know, visual work or even in thinking. Um, And I do feel like it is akin 
to a kind of renaissance or maybe it's just a nascent maybe it's just a birth of something yeah. now um which i is also extremely exciting yeah and i remember seeing you introduced a couple weeks ago at a show and someone i can't remember who it was framed it as like um someone interested in figuring out their role in this renaissance yes. you know for a quote renaissance man like how yes. does that how do you envision especially as someone coming from the outside yourself fitting in to this moment i just you know there's a joke that i have it's not a joke it's like a line to a song that hasn't been finished uh written yet but it's like i'm a renaissance man in a renaissance man <laughs> it's just true i mean what what Bars. what better place uh for a so-called renaissance man than a renaissance i think it's the most comfortable um i've ever been um in anything and so all it does for me is just gives me confirmation um to do the work that i feel that i'm supposed to do what aspect of your creative self what slash so to speak have you been most engaged with this week thank you um uh, i've been reading and writing a lot uh, i'm working on a book of essays and that's been like the number one kind of drive this past few months and years just just as the essays get completed i send them out and uh you know i'm just working on getting work published uh i always have several projects in the wing and each thing kind of informs another so it'll be like i've been working on these essays and be like day four i'm just grinding it out and i hit what could be a wall so i go into the study i go into reading and maybe that'll guide me into some photographic work and write into some you know or painting and they just inform each other it's just kind of like a consistent uh process let's talk a little bit more about the essays do you have yeah. like a is there a general theme or a title of this grouping of essays? The or? title of the work is Learning to Read. And dope, dope. I'll let that, I'll let that yeah, just yeah, marinate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, they, they focus uh, on the idea of literacy and the various ways in which we read ourselves in a transformative moment. Um, obviously, I think about race. I think about technology. I think about history. Um, I think about popular culture. So, um, you know, it's, it's that and so much more. I don't want to divulge too much, but you'll see, you know, one of the essays in the book will be published in October um, via The Offing, which is a wing of the LA Review of Books and a literary journal that's primarily online. So they'll be posting one of the, one of the essays. They'll be publishing one of the essays in October. Um, the others are in development and process right now, so I can't. I think one is gonna be an Obsidian, um, but the rest, I'm still, I can't announce anything about it yet. True. So you said that the first time you came to this city, it was through featuring in those, you know, pretty much straightforward open mic spoken yes, word spots. Yes, sir. Um, at this point now, you know, exploring, even just in your writing, these different media, where you're, you know, working in some combination of prose and, uh, essay and yeah. all those things is was did you reach a point where you felt like that form of verse like couldn't do something for you or did, was it just a natural evolution uh so i went to poetry um i initially intended as far as writing was concerned how should i put this the people that i looked up to most were novelists and ex and i my expectation was that i would be writing novels um but i you know, I was an undergrad and I kind of came across a challenge in that I didn't understand language 
the way I wanted to be able to understand it in order to write the kind of novels I wanted to write. And so poetry was an opportunity to focus more on smaller spaces. Um, and then I wrote a poem um, about, well, so I was studying Africana studies in undergrad, I double major in English literature, literature and Africana studies. And I was, I came across a story of the idea that, you know, hurricanes follow the same trails that the slave ships did. And so I wrote a poem called Hurricane which happened to align strangely with, uh, this was 10 years ago, happened to align strangely with Hurricane Katrina. The first time that I read it was actually at an event that related to that. And so the poem um, had an effect and it just kind of grew from there. There was I was at the University of South Florida and my friend had just started an organization for poetry. And so I just started doing like spoken word and performance. But I know that before that, I was just like, you know, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to do that kind of thing, slam poetry. Um, yeah, I mean, that thing you're talking about, though, about the not not knowing language in the way that you need to to write what you want to write. I mean, I, there's some comic who has an idea of, like, the idea is to reach a point where your ability equals your taste. Yeah. Like, the idea is you probably, if you're interested in making cool stuff, your taste is not a matter of, like, high or low, but it's pretty developed, yeah. right? But you can't necessarily make stuff at that level. <laughs> Do you feel like you're getting kind of close? Well, I've been working my whole life at a kind of central vision. And I think that every day I get better and closer to it. And I learn more about what it takes to get where I want to be. Um, you know, we talked a little bit outside about, um, sorry that I'm drawing somewhat of a blank, but there is an artist, who, oh, Walt Whitman and Emily Dickinson and how during their time specifically Dickinson, like wasn't really received. And I feel like what happened is that they were doing work that was beyond their time in a way. And so for me, I just feel like my conversation, I'm just communicating in, in terms of long history. And so I feel like every day I'm getting closer to that. Mm. You want to go to a song off that? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, let's see. We got a little bit of Erica Badu, Out My Mind, Just In Time. Covering undercover over lover Recovering from a love I can't get over Recovering undercover over lover And now my common law lover thinks he wants another I'm a fool for you I'm a recovering undercover overlover Recovering from a love I can't get over Recovering 
Badu, out of my mind, just in time, here on Ergo WHPK 88.5 and ErgoRadio.com. And we have to apologize for all you Erica Badu fans out there that want to jam out to the other eight minutes of that song. I know we was <laughs> we was right at the breakdown and we kind of teased you there, but we had a lot of talk about and we only get an hour, so you got a little, little appetizer. I'll tell you what, we'll put the full version up on our Twitter and uh, we'll link to it on the podcast in case you are uh, too lazy to Google. Uh, we'll, we'll put that there for you. Anyway. And for those of you who are going to be listening to the podcast in the future, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> you're also hearing this. Hey, future you, congratulations. <laughs> so we're here uh, in the middle of Hyde Park with RJ Eldridge, Renaissance man of the Chicago Renaissance. That's our tagline. We're putting that on business cards. If you want to hire me as a PR guy, I am available. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about where you stand in terms of your writing, but I think the thing that is maybe most visible, no pun intended, uh, is the work you're doing as a photographer across the city. Um, let's go way back real quick. How did you get your first camera? Um, my first camera was probably whatever disposable camera my family was using, or po possibly a Polaroid um, probably a Polaroid camera. And then it was disposable cameras. And I don't know how I got, I just came across them in the family. And at this point, where does that kind of fit into the, you said you're each day moving towards this kind of vision and getting a little closer. Yeah. How does photography fit into that for you? Um, it's an important art form. I think composing, uh, the moment it allows us to think about where we stand in terms of history. It's an essentially historical art form, which means to say like this moment in time I'm capturing and I'm capturing it from this particular perspective. Now look at it and think about what it means. What does it mean in and of itself? What does it mean in conversation with other images, with videos, with sounds? And so it's kind of just like that. It's part of the conversation, but, um, you know, Gordon Parks is a big hero of mine. And I think that it's always important in a moment of change to document and any way possible so that, you know, the grandchildren of some of these folks that we're walking, you know, around with get to see that and celebrate that like we get to celebrate people in the past. Can you just describe a little bit what Gordon Parks' work was? Gordon Parks was an amazing photographer and filmmaker. He actually directed Shaft and also was, you know, just one of the most important photographers of the 50s, 60s, Whoa. 70s black culture because he went and like, you know, he covered everyday people um, and exalted them and showed how black culture was worthy of celebration and beautiful and as uh, important and evocative as the highest forms of art that you find in painting or in photography or in verse. I mean, he was just a very important figure in that regard. Actually, when, when speaking um, Indiana University with some Lost Voices members, they, they had a whole um, kind of presentation 
about black resistance in photography yeah. like from the beginning of photography yeah. basically um and one of the takeaways was that frederick Douglass was like highly interested in study photography as a form Word. of resistance and as a form of like intentional representation to counter kind of white supremacy in a sense um and then you know it went on to like the big moments of gordon parks or, or yeah. even the, the photography of the panthers but i think what you just said of also just capturing regular people yeah i would like to ask because i've seen you do both i've seen yeah. you in very like high charged almost like contemporary historical moments yeah like the things 20 years from now like yeah. i know you got some flicks of like great actions in chicago but i yeah. also see you on instagram yeah of just like the subtlety of everyday life yeah. so i want to ask what is your favorite moment on each realm like a big like kind of obvious um or street action style resistance and just like everyday people do you have some photos you can describe or you remember that stick out for you uh or at least times that is a good and challenging question uh good job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> i don't um I don't know if I have favorites, uh, but I find that I'm I'm still always moved. You know, we did at the police station for the initial Rakia Boyd action uh, at 35th. Um, that night was a really powerful night um, for various reasons. And something happened with the camera to where for a moment I was like double and triple exposing. And some of the work that came out of that um, was still pretty magical in my mind um but i don't know that i would call it a favorite i it's hard to say that i feel like my favorite work is still ahead of me and i'm still very much working to get um better at it you did an amazing thing actually with those photos you did this photo essay coupled with um almost like verse or prose yes. how had you done stuff like that before where you'd kind of brought the two together and making one piece well in the book, I'm doing that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, in a way, yeah. Um, I know I, I feel like I'm a visual writer and a literary visual artist. And so I feel like they're always in communication. Sometimes it's really subtle, like in a photograph, there'll just be like a literary illusion. I'll be alluding in some way to a poem or some other work that really strikes me. Um, and in visual and in, in poetry, I often refer to images that are really striking to me. So I think um, they're always in communication. This was the first opportunity that it was requested that I do that particular thing. So as someone who, you know, you've been here for a while, but we talked a little bit about being a transplant. And first yeah. of all, it's nice to have another transplant up here. Word, word, word. Um, but it seems like, at least I know for me, even in the radio stuff, there's a balance between trying to be a participant and trying to be a documenter. Yeah. and whether it's radio or photography, like there is that kind of tension there is like, how mm -hmm. can I participate in this moment uh, and also be documenting it in an honest way? Yes. And do you feel, do you feel like a documentarian behind the camera? There's the most syllables of any word so far. Um, do, you, do you feel like when you're behind the lens, you're part of it or you're capturing it or both? Um, I think that it's both. And I think that that's true for everyone. Um, I don't think objectivity is possible or should even be the goal. I think that I have to be honest with my perspective and with my intention, but I'm a human being experiencing human moments. And when I am in a place with a camera, 
though it may be a kind of eye of history, it is it doesn't pretend to be, you know, the single the single truth. You know, that's the beauty of the fact that there are so many people making work like everyone has their own voice and their own perspective. And yes, I may be having a different kind of conversation, but it doesn't pretend to be universal or the only one. How do you think not being from here changes the way you think about that? Um, I'm not from Earth, so I feel like <laughs> it's been the case, period, uh, for my whole life that I've had a kind of estrangement, um, which has drawn me to um, work of people who've been, I mean, who've, who've had similar kinds of strange experiences, Albert Camus, you know, or Franz Fanon. To me, they're similar in that they talk about, or Du Bois, that talk about a kind of separation or a strangeness or an estrangement within a, spirit, a, a space. So, I mean, I'm always, you know... I don't know that being not from Chicago necessarily, I, mean, I don't know what it changes. Um, I, I think that every experience that I have is somewhat strange and I try to bring out the strangeness of it. So to go from Fanon to uh, something a little bit more personal, um, you know, you mentioned in your birthday plans, who, yes. who did you have particular plans with there? London, you know, we share a birthday. Really? Her yes. birthday is tomorrow too? Yes. And for for those who haven't seen the two of you, first of all, um, you guys have the best posture of any <laughs> couple I've ever seen. Like it's like stiff as a board. It's amazing. Um, but how, what what kind of art does she make? What, how did you guys come together? Those are two questions. You can answer one or both. She's an amazing poet and um, it was the spirit of her poetry. I would say that brought us together. You'd have to ask her what she would say. She would probably say the painting that she saw of mine that ended up being the cover of her book. But, you know, I experienced her poetry for the first time at the University of Chicago last year. And um, it was clearly in the realm of something outside of just the poetry profession. Um, it was something that was timeless in a way that I immediately recognized and appreciated. And it was just through a mutual appreciation of, uh, mind and spirit that we've grown closer. You guys are definitely in competition for like the flyest couple in Chicago <laughs> award. Um, that, I thought you owned that. That's never, you. Never. That's you, we, bro. Are, we are a far second. Um, you guys, you actually, you've retired. You've hung it up. You're in the rafters at this point. But, but more than just like being beautiful people, I've seen you guys also work together in certain right. spaces. I've seen you guys yes. uh, kind of co-host yes. uh, wordplay. I've seen you guys kind of co-feature at yes. an event we just had a couple weeks ago, Arcagon yes. Live. How is that having um, more than just like a life partner, but somewhat of an artistic partner? And is, is that kind of something you were looking for or have experienced before? Because it's, it's really inspiring and beautiful to see in action. I mean, I think artists, um, creative people, if they decide to be in relationships, they always look um, for something that feels comfortable in that regard. And so my comfort um, with her is great because there's always something. I mean, she's an amazing muse, and I hope that I am for her as well. You know, we create work. We're both very serious about our work and very serious about our purpose on the planet. So I feel that that's an ideal um, and sound basis to build something joyful and lasting. Mm. But then there's, I mean, I'm just thinking about this with the idea of like work-life balance. Yes. Whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, it like like that's just not in the back of your head. Like, life like, is, life work is work for me. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's what I figured. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. We, I realized we hadn't talked to anyone 
on air about re- about life. relationships or personal life. Yeah, and man, that's good. You got love food. is important, yeah, guys. Love, love is extremely <laughs> important, especially in a world where so much unlove and self-loathing is spread out. And sometimes I think even intentionally spread uh, to people. I think it's very important to practice love and to look at the practice of love as something that heals you in the same way that a good book or a good run or some other form of just like engagement in the world heals you. It's really important for us to be able to practice that. What's the last great act of love you experienced or viewed that you can talk about on the radio? Not like I, I, external from you, you know, the way in the way you're speaking of like love as a as a healing form. How I mean, I woke up this morning <laughs> and the sun was That's up. Beautiful. You know, I got a chance to read Walt Whitman. I felt like he was telling me that he loved me. In some way, um, repeatedly in Leaves of Grass, he talks about how, you know, he is one with all the people that ever were. And it's just like when you recite these verses, it becomes like a mantra, you know, to practice love in that way, just to say the words and to try and authentically experience, you know, being is a consistent act of love. So the only other person I know who quotes Whitman that smoothly is my English professor who taught my Whitman class. <laughs> and I know you're all over the city teaching in all kinds of different spaces. Yes. Um, where do you feel, not in terms of what organization, but like, is it at the front of the class? Is it in a small workshop? Is it, you know, writing things that you know students will read? Where do you feel most comfortable teaching? Um, I'm always teaching and always learning wherever I am. And I've I I would be the first to say I've learned as much, if not more, from the young people I've come across in this city and even before this, because I taught at the university before I came here. So my final years of grad school, I taught a class. And it's amazing, you know, in the past five years in the city of Chicago and even beyond, I keep coming across students. um, And it's interesting to see how they've changed in a short period of time, um, what they've learned and what they retain. So for me, like, I don't know. I think that I just have to keep being authentic. I authentically ask questions and I try to demonstrate how to, how I get to answers somehow. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm comfortable everywhere. So I know that you teach in like a lot of alternative, yes. like informal, more creative spaces, but you've yes. also, like you said, had experience like in charter schools in yes. the city, like 11th graders yes. and like a very rigid type of environment being like you said new, it i the, didn't the new, uh you know <laughs> yeah. co- like a corporately owned yes, school yes, yes. in this kind of area where like education is in this kind of like transformation where it looks yeah. like a lot of it is becoming like a conglomerate so yeah. to speak how does that contrast being in both worlds and how do you kind of function or facilitate differently depending on what type of space you're in uh, maybe my problem is that I don't function or facilitate differently. Um, <laughs> I just like come around the students and I look them in their eyes and they look me in my eyes and we assess one another. And it's like, what are you guys interested in finding out? <laughs> and let's, let's practice learning together. Um, let's practice growing. Uh, your perspective is important. Uh, you deserve to be respected and you deserve to respect other people. Let's grow together. This is an important time in history. That's pretty much how I go about things. Well, in this learning moment, let's take it to maybe our most educational segment of the show. Uh, let me school you, youngin. Yes. So I'm going to explain it, right? So I feel like you you might have a chance to be, like, special on this one. So what it is is, like, 
you know, our, our tagline is strong young voices. So we yes. try to educate or kind of get a kid some culture a little yes. bit. Um, and we play an old school joint yes. that's not like the typical Marvin Gaye, Al Green cookout song that everybody already knows off bat. Word. And see if you know the name of it and who it is. And we call that Let Me School You Youngins. So if yes. you get it, you, you're schooling the youngins. If not, you'll be schooled. And I have faith. I look forward to being. I have faith that you might be the one that I can like break the losing. Highly doubt it. Well, no, <laughs> no guess has got it right yet. And this one you've heard before, I'm sure, but okay. there's actually a little bit of controversy or a little bit of confusion on who it is. There's usually like some 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 miss ups. Old so here we go. Let me school you, youngin. 1974. great song so for a pedestrian let me let me let me school you young in 1974 do you know who it is or what that's called i, will give I you, don't know we'll give you two and a half guesses shy lights no uh no i don't know who else i don't know who that is i know the song obviously but i don't know who's i don't know who sang that, that is the problem we often don't know the details of our this history is very this right is the whole intention of this segment you are going to be schooled i'm youngin. looking forward to being schooled it is william devon yes. let's be thankful many people think that it's curtis mayfield but it's not 
I know it's not Curtis Mayfield. Even your iTunes thinks it's Curtis Mayfield. I know when I downloaded it, they said it was Curtis Mayfield. And they mistitled it. People usually say it's called Diamond in the Back, but it's not. It's called Let's Be Thankful. So you have been schooled, youngin'. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad to learn. Have you ever called someone older than you, youngin'? Just now? Wow. Word, word, word. (laughs) It's the first time for everything. I mean, I'm still young. There you go. So we were going to... We're going to hear a piece from you in a minute, as we often do to close out Ergo. Um, But before we do, we were just kind of talking during the break. Dane, what was the question that you posed to RJ? So I've been seeing RJ. I I still call him Reggie. I'm sorry. I've been been seeing Reggie perform for about four or five years now, um, often in the traditional poetry style. But you also have like a kind of like ancient rhythm about you that you bring about. So I ask you, do you ever claim rapping do you ever claim any of your pieces to be raps is that a title that you can accept as the you know ambiguous or multi-talented creative yeah why not i don't see any reason why it wouldn't be um that i mean if that's what it sounds like or feels like to you then you could call it that i mean for me the important thing is not what it's called but like what it does so i so you would definitely say that you're in the the hip-hop arts absolutely like that rapping Duke song, for instance, like before Biggie wrote a song about that, that used to be my favorite song when I was like four years old. <laughs> you know, my uncle used to play it on me and my, play it on the radio for me. And my mother still remembers that and makes uh, jokes about me, how happy I would get when that original song came on. So, do you yeah. see yourself singing anymore anytime soon? Because you, sure. you, have a, you have a sweet singing voice and you play guitar. You like can do full on music. So, so uh, what's up with that in your world? Well, no, we'll see what we'll see what the future brings. Um, yeah, I'll just say that. Basically, we want to see if we can get you up here to do all of the art forms that you do all at the same time. It's very exhausting and very expensive. Yeah, that's okay. That's how much we got to pay you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll give you thirty percent of what we get each week for our show. Zero dollars. I did. I did. I did pass math class. I don't know. I know what thirty percent of nothing is. Oh man. All right. Well, why don't we? Uh, since you uh, you didn't let me bamboozle you there, you want to give us a piece? Uh, yeah. You have a request? No. Uh, the the. I mean, I love the sunrise, right? That's the one that like. That's what you want to hear. That I like. That's the one that's when you ask a Reggie piece. Yeah. That is what I think of. So, All right, sunrod joint, son. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's what's called. You give it a real title. <laughs> I'm the master of ceremonies. Ammonium acumen, acolyte of the destitute. In my skin, I can pass for them. Wear a suit to the meeting. Meet the doctor for lunch, lead the masses with memories, beat the press to the punch, pull no punches, a pugilist, stunt on me if you won't. This ain't magic, it's mathematics, disastrous one. You can call me hurricane black man, I be the massivist one. A masochist with a manifesto, immaculate son. I bring the light to the world. You come too light and I burn you. Master teacher since my inception, exceptional, learn you. Or I'ma show you what your ignorance earned you. Coming out of your body, got nothing to return to. But when your time comes, who will you turn to? Take it from me, my people. Now's the time you must learn you. This is for Sun Ra to Sun Tzu. Uh, this is what conjure women's sons do. Uh, I got a lion in my son's sign. Uh, so you know the light comes through. Word, this is for Sun Ra to Sun Tzu. Uh, this is what conjure women's sons do. Uh, still got that lion in my son's sign. Word. So you know the light comes through. Call us invisible men in this indelible time. 
surrounded by broken hearts. The city tore us apart. The bodies touching, but nothing registers. This what we are? A digitizing of earth sprang from the dust of the stars, but oh well, right? Another uncanny day wakes up, making cake, but we morally bankrupt. After all of the movements, we stay stuck. In the ghetto, where settlers sell the natives out. You gotta wait for the winter before it's safer out. Them boys be carrying cannons just for they paper route. And niggas claiming they God, but only play devout. If this is Chirac be Gilgamesh, mythological logic, to rock a cross like a cop just for the killer threat. So keep your hands out my pockets and all that hate, you can stop it. We in the time of the prophets up on the internet. I'm trying to see past the screens. We courted two waking dreams where nothing is as it seems. Our souls are silhouette. So we descended from king. My brothers like what that mean. Really, what good is a dream if I can't feel it yet? I know what saints know. My light fitted halo. My dreams tell me yes when them fake people say no. The devil's a liar. I came to inspire. We waded in floodwaters. Now here's the fire. This is for Sun Ra to Sun Tzu. Uh, this is what conjure women's sons do. Uh, I got a lion in my son's sign. Yeah, so you know the light comes through. Yeah, this is for Sun Ra to Sun Tzu. Uh, this is what conjure women's sons do. Uh, still got that lion in my son's sign. Yeah, so you know the light comes through thank you <laughs> yeah that joint is dope that uh shirak gilgamesh line goes <laughs> extremely crazy thank you <laughs> I, I wonder if people understand what i'm saying in that do you ever you wonder that get, you want to uh, yeah you want to break it down a little rap genius we got a minute we got, we got about 45 seconds yo right because they call it shirak and i think that what they talk about is they're just referring to something that happened in the last like 10, 15 years, like the invasion of Iraq. But what I think about is like, if you're going to call this place Chirac, you know, Chirac, Iraq is like one of the oldest civil, it's the house of one of the oldest civilizations in the, on the planet. So, you know, Gilgamesh is an epic story from ancient Iraq, right? Right. So I feel like be that. <laughs> if you're going to call it Chirac. Let's own the histories. Let's be, let's be the deep history, right? Yeah. Not just the immediate one. Deep histories, deep houses. RJ Eldridge. Thank you. Here on Ergo. Where can the folks get their hands on uh, your thoughts and your work? Uh, I have a website. It's whoisrjel.com. Uh, you can check out the running photo blog. My Tumblr is just blackartchicago.tumblr.com. So again, it's whoisrjel.com and blackartchicago.tumblr.com. I'm also on Twitter. You can follow that too. That's RJ that that's underscore EL. Black Art Chicago. That's, yes. that's a, like, that sounds cool official <laughs> you sound like an institution man that's, that's what it up. is bro also if you've ever been to the ergo radio website ergoradio.com you've already enjoyed rj's photos Word. <laughs> all the photos on that page were taken by him and very graciously uh he permitted us to use them so definitely check out his work rj thank, thank you. you so much for being here thank you for having me y'all are great thank really you for appreciate this. it man you're always a hero and a role model for us so oh, it's, it's much love to I have you here it. much love back to you. you know i love you just think if you hadn't come to chicago damon wouldn't be making art i wouldn't that's I wouldn't terrible and i disagree i think he's a genius he just doesn't want to admit it to <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that man we had a good time thank you for rocking with us nobody moves